thanks again for tuning in to our Enlightened Conversations, where this season we are deep diving into some tough topics with our guests. I will also be sharing some enlightened conversations with my favourite intergalactic being, Ralph, from my book, Conversations with Ralph, as well as some new, never-been-heard-of conversations with them. You hear it all here, real, raw and rare, and all shared in an enlightened way. Hi everyone, it's Michelle Lightworker here and welcome to Enlightened Conversations where we're going to be part five of Reflections on Conversations with Ralph from my book, Conversations with Ralph. We are up to chapter five and this chapter is called Earth Calling Ralph. So I will begin and it will be the 20th of April 2018 Conversation 4 that we're going to be chatting about today. So I decided to call Ralph to me. And um, I said, so people can see in the future in your land. And Ralph said, yes. And I said, well, so why would there be depression for those who don't understand the point of resolving? Ralph said, there is angst towards God, towards the process. They haven't experienced the peace of resolving, integrating one thing consciously. Can you imagine what that must be like? I said, wow. You mean seriously, there's people who haven't consciously tried to do anything for their personal development? Ralph said, yes, that's because they may well have contracted in a previous time to be that person who was the catalyst for everyone else. Hmm. I said, I'm very confused. I don't understand. Ralph said, let's talk about the grief process first and it might help you understand. When I said that people just disappear, because they've resolved, it can't be unex- it can be, sorry, it can be unexpected. And there is a lot of loss. And there may well be someone who judges that process as wrong. However, it is required because if abandonment isn't triggered, and that's one of the deepest triggers, if abandonment isn't required, isn't achieved, isn't triggered, then the person cannot deal with their or build their connection with God. Yes, we are psychic here insofar as we can see the ramifications of decisions with our third eye. Some of us have evolved to the point we can see what people have charted and with who. However, being an evolved being, and I reiterate this to you, does not remove you from depression. Depression is the last stop in really dealing with one's connection to the higher power, the all, the all-knowing. There is only one thing that can solve abandonment, really, on the deepest level, and that is reconnection with higher energy, higher frequency. That is the only solution. Some people get that with a conversation with God. Some people get that with a conversation with guides. Some people get that from changing their mind, their thoughts to more loving thoughts, gratitude, peace and acceptance, etc. But they cannot resolve this grief on being in depression, which is being in the stagnant part of grief, not a grief that they have moved through. They cannot resolve this unless they learn to reconnect to these higher frequencies. That they trust them is the key, that they trust 100% is the key. And when they don't trust, it's still a base chakra issue even though there is no body and there is no chakras, it's still energetically, they're stuck on that lower frequency. 
And I replied, so can I just confirm what you just said? So basically they're in this land and they may have been an evolved being. They have contracted to be the trigger on some level. They know this. They also know that they are not yet, they are yet to build that connection as strongly as they need to for themselves or something. I'm not sure. Why would they plan it? Why would they be in the high council with the awareness and come back to this final incarnation without that awareness? Ralph said, because in the spirit world, when you're talking to the high council, you see what holds you back. You see where your vulnerabilities are. You are once removed, as it were. You're a little bit like you see all the wounds. You have a respite from your conscious evolving self. And you have the insight for that moment with your council guides to actually see. You know what it takes. You know, you kind of know what your pressure valve is. What will push you over the edge to have the realization. You're in not control, but in the box seat of really understanding you. And that is a unique position because even myself in this land, I may be able to bilocate and be even be a guide in another universe. And maybe I've evolved to that level, but I haven't evolved to the level where I can see everyone's trigger and where it is and how far they are into it. That's personal. That's very personal. And it's really none of my business as well. If we were able to see everyone's triggers and the solution to everyone's depression and how they can get there, that would be very codependent in a lot of ways because it would be that we were manipulating things for people to shift and to resolve. We would become addicted to their process instead of celebrating just how close they are because on an energetic level, we can read that. We can read how close they are. On an energetic level, we can read that there is a wound, there's something blocking them. On an energetic level, we can tell you what that person's feeling, if you like, without the body, where they're vibrating, their frequency. In general, their overall frequency. We're certainly able to read thoughts. That's how we communicate because we have no voice box. But are we able to tell you what it would take for this person to completely resolve? No, no, we would not. And I said, I'm just going to stop this because I'm really affected by this garbage truck in the background. Oh, that's interesting because I just had one. Uh, you probably couldn't hear it back then, but it was I had one in the background as well when we started reading this. It's funny. Um, anyway, I said, okay, I see. So I lost a bit, a little bit of concentration there, but what I'm seeing and hearing, and by the way, I can kind of, while you're talking, I can, I'm in your universe, but I'm with you here. So I'm getting a visual of what you're talking about. And it's quite hard to understand what it would feel like to be that evolved and yet to still have that issue. Ralph said, yep, but you're still judging depression. You're still judging a low vibrational frequency as bad or wrong. Being evolved does not mean that you don't have things that have been with you a very, very long time. Habits even, as it were. If they were, for example, someone who is so evolved that they were the only person that they could commit to being a catalyst for someone's change for many years, they played a role where they were so disconnected. In your world, you can associate it with like a psychopath so disconnected from feeling, so devoid of feeling, so empty, so robotic, so clinical, so able to commit the most heinous acts, to be that trigger, to really test people 
that they cannot trust a higher power because a higher power would not allow these things to happen. And then they are in this realm, this last incarnation, where they know very well they've charted that they do need, if you like, cleanse themselves from all the things that they have done, like a purification. If they have to face those things because the person that they've done those things to, their healing may only just be at that stage as well. And they need the person that has had these heinous acts committed by this, this psychopath has to see that the psychopath only did what they did to challenge them to be triggered. Now that reminds the psychopath as well who they are. And I said, I have a question. I'm going to interrupt here. Why does the person who has, who's been abused or killed in a heinous way or what have you, how do they know that this person has contracted with them? How do they have that realization? And Ralph responded, this is an excellent, that is an excellent question because some of us resolve or integrate to the point where we can actually see our contracts. Remember when I told you when you initially came here that we had contracted to do this? Well, it may only take one person who has contracted with this psychopath to trigger that for them, for them to understand how incredibly selfless they've been in charting such horrendous lifetimes. It may only take one for this person to remember who they are and to, to restore their vibration. However, in my experience, I have seen psychopaths in particular because they have been so disconnected from feelings and especially without a body. It can be even harder to understand and have that realization consciously. Why would I even do that? That takes them a lot of time. It's almost like an ice cube melting and that doesn't take two seconds in the sun. Sometimes it takes a while to melt. And in a cooler climate where there's no sun, if you like, and perhaps an endless array of souls that this person has affected, it can be, an extra, it can be extraordinarily depressing for them. Hmm. And I said, how is it sold that they would? I'm seeing that it's about self-forgiveness or something. I don't understand it. Ralph said, like I told you earlier, there is a lot of self-forgiveness required here. When I mentioned to you that, and I said, I'm being shown a whole process here. It's very hard to keep up with the speaking. He's showing me that when they're meeting in the high council and the psychopath is making that, that decision, and then he's back in the last incarnation and he's wondering, how he could have done that to himself. There's almost a self-hatred there for how he could treat himself like that. So it's like the relationship with his conscious self in the spirit world and how he could do what he does. There's like this huge gap, like a real big conflict. And Ralph said, yes, that is correct. And it's very hard to describe how that could be a possibility when you have an evolved being. But as I said to you, this is the last port. This is the last incarnation. You can be resolved with all your other chakras, all your other energy systems as a human being. But if your base chakra issue is not resolved, it can affect everything. That trust and that safety aspect of connection to spirit, that box must be ticked in order to fully resolve. And not everybody has that particular issue here. Not everybody has depression here before they resolve. In fact, they may be here a long time and move from depression to other aspects of their energetic system before they resolve. It may take them some time to shift. However, it's not the last port of call before you resolve. Not everybody has that particular issue. So it's very important to understand it. And I said, yeah, I do understand that. So you're just giving me an example. And Ralph said, yes, that's right. I'm giving you an example of the hardest type of grief to resolve. 
It's the abandonment, it's the abandonment of self or the perceived abandonment of self and the perceived abandonment of God or higher energies and judgment of those things and inability to understand. But it's simple. If the universe is everything, is all, then a complete expression of all that must be accepted, even the darkest aspects. Because if we leave any dark bits out, if we judge any darkness, then we are literally judging ourselves and disconnecting from that. How can we be integrated? So you see, you need to really go through all those things in those lifetimes. You need to be everything, every expression in order to completely integrate. And for those people who think they haven't been the expression of being a rapist, a pedophile, a murderer, a con artist, a fraudulent person, a cheater, an addict of any kind. No, you will do it all. All of you, all of you will do it all. You'll do it all. You'll forgive it all. You'll integrate it and you will resolve. And I've just got a note here. Um, when my husband read this on the 3rd of May, 2018, he questioned whether we had to be everything in order to integrate it. When I heard him question this, I received more clarity on how Ralph was talking about it as an expression that we would all experience the expression of all these archetypes. For example, we have taken advantage of innocence by abusing our power, pedophile. We have been deceptive of our authenticity, fraudulent. We have lied to people, con artist. We've killed others' ideas with our closed mind, murderers. We have violated people's boundaries by imposing our will on others, rapists. The key to integration uh, rests with facing and accepting all these aspects of ourselves with 100% compassion. To help us get there, we can ask ourselves certain questions. Okay, so here's some of the questions we can ask ourselves. How do we feel about those parts of ourselves and our behavior? How do we come to a place of understanding and peace with ourselves? How resolved are we with our actions? Have we learned from those behaviors that we are in fact equal with others? Do we have 100% compassion for the parts of ourselves that committed these acts? What has the darker, denser side to our nature taught us about ourselves? When we're able to come from a place of understanding and compassion for ourselves, then we can integrate the darker aspects and know that the, know the value that they have played in the lives of ourselves and others. We can also then be at peace with people that have been pedophiles, murderers, con artists, fraudulent persons, etc. to us. We can have 100% compassion for them and in doing so, we are resolved. <sighs> and I said, wow, okay, that's a lot, but... Thank you, Ralph. I really appreciate it. And I'm going to have to get going now. Thank you. <laughs> Ralph said, well, thank you very much for listening and passing this information on so quickly to people. And don't worry about who's downloaded the Dropbox folder of all the information I've told you so far off, off Facebook, please. Don't worry about that. You've done what you need to do. And those who are curious and those who need to be activated, they will be reading it. But you've fulfilled your duty of passing on that information. And when I say duty, I mean the action that you know to be something you can't hold on to right now. It's not responsible. It's only responsible to keep handing that information out and adding it onto it as you go. Know that it is extraordinarily important for some people to hear this right now, not in a little while when you finished a book on it and it sounds like that's what you're doing. 
And I said, yes, I am doing that. I started typing because I didn't know how else to communicate everything and integrate everything myself about rewriting and rehearing it and everything. So I started and it's helped me actually. It's the right decision. I find my throat chakra not being able to find the words as quickly as I thought I might when I'm out of a meditative state with you because for some reason this is so vast that I kind of struggle. So I feel like I need to write it down in order to really grasp it for myself and to even have clarity in talking to someone that I have this safety net that I can kind of read it if I need to or something like that. Yeah, it's what I'm doing here, right? <laughs> Ralph said, I understand, you've got to go. And I said, I do. All right, lots of love, big hug. Thank you, great hug. I went for a walk and recorded some reflections that I wanted to include in this process as it felt like something I could run past Ralph. And I said, just having some insight into rehabilitation for prisoners who have killed people, like they're not in communication with them. So perhaps in the future, it will include mediumship. So the person who that they've actually killed can actually communicate with them. Not from a place of angst, perhaps, in terms of shaming them or what have you, but from a place of developing connection, not developing as it would we would call it the conscience, but developing a connection with people in unity. So taking them out of the good and bad and right and wrong and being more in connection with people. So that's the end of that chapter, which was quite deep and profound in itself. But on some level, I think in our previous episode, we did get to that point um, just in the reflection component that I was reading, that I, that I was chatting with you about um that we we did get to that point where we we needed to really understand and accept and get to that place of forgiveness with the darkness so that we can step more into integration so I really feel like it's kind of interesting because I hadn't read that chapter since I don't, I don't even remember like five years ago but it's kind of interesting that we got to that point in our last episode before I even read this part and I understand that we are being taken on a journey that must be very archetypal in terms of the evolution of consciousness and how one thing precedes the next thing precedes the next thing when I was working as a counselor um, many moons ago in my addiction um, home-based clinic um, one of the things that I came to understand to, to realize we really did touch on in that chapter and that was that the two greatest fears that we have that that is basically the stem of every unresolved trauma um, is the fear of abandonment and a fear of intimacy and we've covered both of those there one from the point of view of fear of abandonment in that questioning why why would you do this why would I choose to be a serial killer or how could I have possibly done that well you know that kind of thing. How could I be a murderer? How could I kill? How could I be a pedophile? How, be, how could I be a fraudulent person, con artist and all these things? And being in a lack of um, understanding of, you know, did we abandon ourselves or did God abandon us and how could we be in this place? And that sort of the questioning of why, I think, why did it happen? How could we? That kind of, that, that kind of energy. Um, even when someone's taken from us like when I say taken I mean they've died you know um, we've had a miscarriage or someone we know might have suicided 
or you know, just like that dark, dark, dark things have happened to someone. Um, and we just we we just we just can't reconcile how that could possibly happen. And I think that really does trigger our our a fear of abandonment of us either abandoning ourselves, mistreating ourselves, being unkind to ourselves, or that we're so unlovable, you know, that we've been rejected by God or how could God even exist because that could happen. And I think that's the kind of stuff that he's talking about that people get to um, in his world that it really resembles that base chakra because the base chakra is all around trust and feeling safe and feeling at home in your body where they don't have a body but it's still about feeling at home and um, safe and at peace and that is really challenged when it comes to an abandonment issue. And I think, you know, the, the double-sided sword of that, the fear of intimacy is that fear of being connected and letting people in to see the authentic nature of our imperfection. That's, that's definitely, you know, if we don't want to see that and we don't want to face that in ourselves or we don't want to face how another person's imperfections are because that's a mirror of ourselves then we won't let people in we'll have a fear of intimacy um we'll also have a fear of like losing ourselves if we've had that enmeshment in that meshed relationship as well so we'll push people away because we don't want to lose ourselves um but if we need to push people away in order to not lose ourselves then on some level we haven't we're not at peace with some aspect of ourselves as well um that might be mirrored in someone else's imperfection. Um, and I'm all for containing our energy and only, you know, being around people for as long as we can handle it and all that kind of stuff, sure. But when we're talking about a fear of letting people in, a fear of connecting, a fear of showing our imperfections and a fear of being engulfed by somebody else because we can't set boundaries we don't feel comfortable saying no or setting limits with our own energy, then that becomes a relationship issue with ourselves, a fear of having a, a healthy, you know, self-care, um, ability to self-care with ourselves as well. So it's interesting how I can see, even though we haven't talked about it too much, we just talked about the rejection of aspects of ourself um, from that mirror aspect. But I can still see that in Ralph's universe where you get to that point where you don't have a body, if you're not willing to, if you have, still have a fear of being engulfed on an energetic level, that would prohibit you from sharing, That would, even though they don't, they don't have a voice box, but it would prohibit you from wanting to interact with other people. And that isolation, I can see that, as creating depression i can actually see that i mean we didn't even talk about that but i can see exactly how that would work um and i can see how definitely that 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 fear of abandonment stuff with god not being there for us and forsaking us i mean even it's even documented that jesus was up on the cross and said god why have you forsaken me so it is part of the process questioning just before he died too so that makes sense that 
we, it is the last port that we get to that, we, go, we question it. Um, what I can say to you on a proactive note is that when we start to accept that everything is happening for us, not um, against us, that we start to really radically change our reactions to things that may have once been triggers for feeling abandoned. We start to feel the opposite. Um, we start to feel connected. We start to feel grateful. So in terms of intimacy, instead of it pushing us away from people, we start to feel a sense of welcoming gratefulness is probably the best way to put it towards people that we may have felt um, might have been causes for our triggers. I know it's it's annoying to sort of even think about that. It's like, no because we might've held some angst to them for such a long period of time. But you think about it, they were really good and they did a really good job then. And it triggered us and it led to our healing. Then on some level, we've chosen that. We've you know, chosen to have such a perfect trigger, <laughs> a perfect person to trigger it. So on some level, you know, we was intelligent enough to choose the perfect person to trip, to, to, be the catalyst of that trauma or that trigger so yeah it gets to the point where you stop blaming other people and you start being more at peace with the fact that you've been triggered and you feel you start to jump towards not spiritual bypassing you can still have your all all the process of emotions but you start to process quicker and process quicker to gratitude rather than stay stuck in that depression and that isolation, disconnection from everybody else. So I, I can see how um, those, those two fears, fear of abandonment, fear of intimacy, would, would definitely be the biggest causes for depression in, in his world, in that last protocol. Let's say our world because it's, it's not the universe at that stage, and we we can we will as humans get to that stage in our universe. Um, so I'll leave it there. Um, I think that was a really validating chapter um, that we that we took it there um, for for this episode actually. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, and next episode, I'll talk about um, my birthday bomb. And um, in chapter six of Conversations with Ria and um, reflecting on that three-hour podcast in line conversations. I'll see you next time.